Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is the gospel of Christ. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, If you've got a Bible, do do keep it open. Uh, We're just going to focus on verses 24 to 29 this morning. Uh, Let's pray and then we'll have a look at it closer. Dear God, it's uh, great to be able to gather together uh, in your name and uh, we thank you for this chance to have a closer look at your word and we pray that you would uh, work in our hearts uh, as we reflect on these words and please would you be changing us uh, according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a story about a man who was asked uh, by by another person, what colour are your minister's eyes? And after some hesitation... Uh, He answered, I have no idea. When he prays, he closes his eyes. When he preaches, I close mine. (laughs) Now, it's it's my hope that uh, your eyes will stay open this morning. Uh, Not so you can work out the colour of my eyes, uh, and not because I have anything amazing to say, but because this morning we are looking at words that Jesus spoke. Jesus, the Son of God, uh, and Jesus is a guy who is worth listening to. And we're looking at a passage where that becomes really clear. Today we're looking at the end of one of Jesus' most famous sermons. It's often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, and some of Jesus' most well-known words come from this sermon. Uh, People who aren't Christians would recognise some of the things that he says in it. Things like, let your yes be yes and your no be no, or take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll be able to see clearly and remove the speck from your brother's eye. Or the call to turn the other cheek. Or, or that uh, to ask and you will be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will open. So this morning we're, we're right at the end of this big and, and somewhat well-known sermon that Jesus gave. Now it's quite a long sermon. It's, it's a whole three chapters in our Bibles. But fortunately for us we're only looking at the last bit of the sermon. Uh, Feel free to read the rest another time. But as I said, Jesus, he's a guy who's worth listening to. And and we see that in verses 28 and 29, uh, which you'll see up on the screen. Even though Jesus has probably been preaching for a a really long time, the crowds are absolutely captivated by him. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority. This is the one who is worth listening to and as we listen 
uh, to what he has to say this morning, we'll see three things. Uh, We'll see an illustration, meaning uh, we'll see Jesus give an everyday example to make a point. Then we'll see an explanation where Jesus helps us to understand that point. And finally, we'll think about the implication. We'll consider how Jesus wants us to respond. So firstly, the illustration. And we learn about two builders who build two houses on two different foundations. And the two houses are hit by this extreme weather. But it leads to two very different outcomes. The first builder is described as wise. He, he chooses a sensible location. He doesn't snap up the first empty bit of land that he sets his eyes on. He knows the importance of a solid foundation, and so that's his first priority. And he makes sure he, he finds this solid section where he can build on hard rock. And he knows it's going to require hard work, laying a foundation on rock. It's no walk in the park digging a foundation on on something that hard. Uh, When I was at university, I I got a day's work uh, fixing a mailbox into the ground that that someone had kicked over. And it was in the middle of summer, and and that was hard work. The the ground was hard. And because the house was was in a university area, I had to dig it deep enough to make sure it would withstand any other kicks that came its way. And when you think of an entire house, a solid foundation is, is even more important. But then you get this second builder who is described as foolish. He makes a different choice. He decides to build his house on sand. And there, are num- uh, there could be a number of reasons for this. Perhaps it's because uh, the initial digging is much easier and therefore quicker. Maybe it's cheaper. Maybe it's just simply convenient. I'm told it was a lot easier to get building consents back then. He builds, he builds on the first empty section that he comes across. Now imagine these, these two guys, they, they start building at the same time. You can picture the wise builder still working away at the foundation of the house while, while the foolish builder is almost finished. So the foolish guy gets to enjoy this, ha- this house a lot sooner. Now when both the houses are finished, uh, my understanding is that they would both look pretty good. In fact, if you looked at the two houses, you'd say there wasn't a lot of difference. They look very similar four walls, there's a roof, there's a lovely driveway to park the horse and cart. And most people wouldn't notice the difference between these houses until the weather takes a turn, when the storm hits and the rain comes down and the streams rise and the wind blew a gale and the houses take a battering. Sounds like a a hurricane or, or something like that. And the weather pounds the house built on the rock, but its solid foundations see it through. It withstands those things that come its way. But it's a different story just down the road. Everything seemed to be going so well, but the weather changes that. The sand slowly washes away, and as the weather pounds the house, it starts to creak, and then it starts to rock. And what once looks stable is is clearly unstable. And eventually the house buckles under the pressure of the wind and the rain and the flooding, and it comes crashing down. So that's the, the illustration that Jesus uses, the, the picture that he paints for us. And we can understand that from a, a practical point of view. We, we see why one builder is wise and one is foolish. Uh, but as is often the case, there's a spiritual meaning behind what Jesus says. And we see it in his explanation. 
See, it becomes clear that he's not as concerned with the, the long-term safety of people's houses as much as he is with people themselves. He's not here to advocate for building standards or, or to crack down on those cowboy builders who are taking advantage of a construction boom. He's concerned about the people, about their lives and the way that they're living them. A house in this story is like the life that a person builds. And his hope is that they will be wise in the way that they build. And Jesus has that same concern for you and I as well. In a world where it can often seem as though people only care for themselves, we can be sure that Jesus cares about our lives and how we're building them. We're all taught how to build our lives from a young age. Uh, People invest in us, our our parents, our family and friends, uh, other Christians, our teachers, and people take an interest in in the ways that we are building. And we notice the ways that others are building their lives as well. And it's not uncommon to see similarities with with those around us. Now these two men that Jesus tells us about, the wise man and the foolish man, they have one crucial thing in common. Uh, And you see it there at the start of verses 24 and 26. They both hear Jesus' words. They both hear the words of Jesus. And that's important to know. Because in this section, Jesus isn't taking aim at those who've, who've never heard about him. He's worried about the response of those who have heard about him, those who know his words. Uh, And that's a little bit closer to home because I imagine that that covers most of us in this room. Some of us have have grown up hearing these words. Others have heard these words in, in more recent times. You may be wondering, what exactly does Jesus mean by these words of mine? Uh, And in this passage, I think it's basically the the whole sermon that he's just preached. But it's also more than that. It's the gospel of Jesus, which which simply means the good news of Jesus. The message which he has been proclaiming ever since he came into this world. It's the good news that God sent his son to the world and and he's come to call people back to relationship with God. Uh, You may know that feeling where a relationship with a a family member is, uh, it seems, broken beyond repair. Nothing that you do could ever fix it. Well, that's essentially what our relationship with God was like. Because ever since sin entered the world, our relationship with God, our Creator, has been broken. But Jesus comes... He gives up his life to restore that relationship. The sinless one dying for sinners like you and I. And in the process, he shows us God's deep love for us. And the response he's after for people is to repent of their sin and believe in him. Now, to repent is is to turn right around. You're going one way, turn 180 degrees the other way. Turn away from what you were doing. Turn away from your sin and turn towards God. Uh, There's a story of a a young boy who had a sandpit in his backyard and he would be in that sandpit almost every day. The only time he couldn't go out there was when it had been raining heavily because there would be big puddles uh, and the sand would be coarse and without doubt it would end up caught in his eyes. And because his parents loved him, they told him he couldn't play in it if it had been raining heavily. And one day after a heavy downpour, the son asked his dad, can I go out and play? 
Uh, and the dad went and had a look at the sandpit, but of course there were puddles everywhere. So he told the son, it's not safe, you're going to have to wait till the next day when it dries up. Now the son had decided he was going to play. So he snuck out the back door and away he went. And within a couple of minutes, the son had managed to get wet sand caught in his eyes. And he started wailing. He was screaming in pain. Now some parents are, are in tune to the cries of their children. And, and this dad is one of those parents. He, he heard the boy. He raced to the door to see what was happening. And as he looked outside, he saw the son there in the sand pit, in distress with sand all over his face. And he locked the door and he closed the curtains. No, he didn't. He, he looked out and at the same time, the son was looking, looking over at the father. And the father noticed the look on his son's face. The boy clearly knew he wasn't supposed to be there. He knew he'd been caught. He knew it was his own fault. He was ashamed. But the question was, would he sit there in his shame and guilt and stay at a distance or would he run back to his father who he loved and who loved him? And there's a, there's a great lesson there for us. It's a lot easier for a parent to care for a dirty child than it is a distant child. And that gives us a glimpse of, of things in some ways from God's perspective because he is our father in heaven. He can handle our sin when we bring it to him. That's what we did earlier when we confessed our sin. No matter what we've done in the past, no matter how far or, or how many times we've strayed from him, no matter how long we've been ignoring him for, he can handle it when we turn back to him. He welcomes us. That's a picture of what it looks like to repent. And to live a life of repentance and faith is to keep on turning to Jesus with all the different parts of our lives, with all the mistakes we will no doubt make. And that's essentially what it means to hear these words of Jesus and to put them into practice like the wise builder. It's to listen to him because we know how much he cares for us. I mentioned that most of us here this morning are those who have heard Jesus' words. Uh, maybe we're, we're regulars at church, maybe we're not. But each of us is like one of these two builders. Either we're wise in God's eyes or we're foolish in his eyes. Now many people today would think being foolish in God's eyes isn't such a bad thing. But when the storms of life hit, that's when the foundations that we've built upon are rocked and battered again and again and again. And for some of us, it will all come crashing down. It may be in this life. It may be when we stand before God on the day of judgment. A foundation built apart from Jesus will fall on that day. So, so that's kind of the, the explanation. And now we come to the implication. What are we to do knowing what we know? Well, we need to take care uh, as we keep building our lives. We see from a, a young age we're encouraged to build a house or, or a life that looks impressive. And the reality is no one ever sees the foundation of a house unless something goes wrong. And so the temptation is to spend little time on the foundation, which is our relationship with Jesus. 
and to move on to making the rest of the house look good. We want the, the spacious living room. We want the bedroom with the ensuite, the, the walk-in wardrobe. We want the modern kitchen and, and the sunlight in the afternoon. We want guest rooms. We want the man cave. That's a non-negotiable. And we want to set about adding those things, those different things, to our life. And so we do that. Things like a good education, opportunities to develop our different skills, maybe musical abilities or, or maybe it's the sporting prowess or maybe it's the, the gifted mind that needs to be harnessed in the right way. Well, if that's one part of the house, we can't neglect the social side of things, the, the friendships, the relationships, uh, times with family, maybe starting our own, sp- uh, our own family, finding a suitable spouse. Then there's the career side of things. And there are numerous hobbies that a person might have. Now the house is it's getting pretty, pretty big. It looks pretty impressive. And you can see how with, with so many different rooms to focus on, we can easily neglect the foundation. But if we do that, Jesus says we are building like fools. We might take comfort in, in thinking our lives look similar to the lives of those around us, or because our lives look envious to those around us. But when the storms come, everything is exposed for what it is. Well, what about you? Where are you building? Or or more importantly, what foundation have you built upon? Is it Jesus, the rock? Or have you settled for the, the sandy ground like the foolish builder? Are you too focused on on all of those different rooms? The true test in anyone's life is is when these different storms hit. When your lifelong friend is no longer speaking to you. When that relationship you've invested so much time in ends and, and everyone seems to have deserted you and sided with the other person. When you hear the news of the restructure at work after years of faithful service and you're no longer required. When that routine visit to the doctor leads to the cancer diagnosis and you find yourself in a hospital bed with doctors who don't know how to tell you what you need to know. Of all the storms that life throws at us, uh, I doubt there are any that impact us more than death itself. The reality of our own mortality, uh, the sudden death of a loved one. When the storm hit, everything we've spent our lives building can very quickly come crashing down. And Jesus says any foundation that we've built that's unable to withstand these storms is too flimsy for us. And any foundation built apart from him is like the house that won't stand. And that means that it's not enough for us to just agree with Jesus' teaching or to respect him like we'd respect any other leader or teacher. It's not enough to look up to Jesus as a a great example of how people should live. It's not even enough to simply be amazed by Jesus like these crowds were uh, in this story. Someone whose life has been transformed by Jesus is someone who hears his words and puts them into practice. And the person who does that has a security that Even the fiercest storm cannot shake. Is Jesus the the rock that you are building upon? 
Or are you someone who who will walk out of here after the service unchanged by what he has to say? It's not popular in our day and age uh, to have others tell us what's best for us. I certainly uh, don't like it. And many of us naturally get suspicious when, when others decide what's best for us. But Jesus backs up this desire of what's best for us by actually doing what's best for us. And his cross is proof of that. When he died on that cross, he did what was best for us. And now he calls us, he calls us ourselves to do what is best for us by listening to him and obeying his words. Maybe you're someone here this morning and and you're actually currently being rocked by the storms of life. And you feel like your house could collapse at any minute. You're being battered by the wind and the rain and you need help. If that's you, can I encourage you to cry out to God again? Because he is a rock. Uh, And he's also described in the Bible as a, a refuge for his people. He will shelter your faith and he will keep you until the day he takes you home to heaven. Maybe you're someone here this morning and and Christianity is is very new to you. Maybe you're starting to see your need for Jesus in a way that you haven't seen it before. Maybe something in this passage has stirred your heart. Well, a couple of things you could do to consider the words of Jesus. Uh, We've got a number of these little free booklets which are called Two Ways to Live. Uh, which are a wonderful summary of the words of Jesus. And, uh, and they give helpful instruction in terms of how to respond to him. Uh, there, are, there are plenty out in the foyer. I encourage you to grab one if that's something you'd like to think more about. Uh, and it's something you could, you could read by yourself or it's something you could go through with another person. Uh, a slightly more in-depth option, we, we've got a few copies of this book called The World Next Door, which is a brief outline about the Christian faith. Maybe you're someone who, who knows a bit about Christianity, but you'd like to, be, you'd like to have a little bit more clarity. Now, this could be a very helpful book for you. Uh, the final thing that, that might be helpful, uh, we're running a course in about 10 days' time called Hope Explored. And it's a course that, again, looks at the basics of the words that Jesus teaches. Uh, why not come along to that and, and explore the lasting hope that Jesus offers us? Uh, I often find with these courses, if you you bring a friend along, it allows you to chat through some of the questions you have, and and it can be very helpful. Uh, This course runs on a Wednesday evening for three weeks, so it's not a a huge commitment, but it is worthwhile if you're serious about building on the right foundation. Uh, Please do speak with me after the service or, or talk to any of the staff or get in touch with us if you'd like to know more or sign up. Well, in a moment, we'll we'll watch a video that that explains uh, the course a little bit more. But first, uh, let me pray for us that we would be those who build upon the foundation that is the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that uh, when our relationship with you was broken, uh, you didn't leave us on our own, but you sent your Son into this world for our good. And we thank you for his words which we've looked at this morning. Father, please help us to be those who who hear these words 
uh, deeply in our hearts and who listen and obey them. Father, please don't let us leave here unchanged. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to watch this video now.